friends. Welcome to an all-new episode of Heartfelt Consciousness. Um, I'm your guide today, Laura Bender. So today's guest is Nate Rifkin, and he's prospered by combining ancient mystical practices with modern strategies for living. So Nate, at one point in his life, um, he he contemplated suicide, was drinking alcohol every morning. We kind of touched on that a little bit um, to kind of get through his day. He had dropped out of college, was broke, bankrupt. Um, but he managed to kind of turn his life around. Um, he found finding love and has now established this incredible life. So the practice comes from the spiritual tradition of Taoism. And he also has published a book on his ancient practice called The Standing Meditation. So I'm going to provide a link for that as well in the show notes. Um, but anyway, thank you again for listening. And I will check in with you on the other side. There's that lady's voice I never get used to. All right. So how welcome, Nate. Uh, so thank you for coming and joining me on the podcast, Heartfelt Consciousness, today. Um, so would you mind actually telling the listeners a little bit about yourself and how you found your way into the path of meditation? Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. Th- thank you for having me here. Yeah. Um, it, it began actually in a really dark place because, um, you know, I come from a very emotionally shut down family. Mm-hmm. And um, I grew up to become a really depressed kid because all that anger just, and I was angry too. It really turned inward on myself. So I went to college and I hated it. I was absolutely miserable because um, I felt like every other student at the school was happier than me. And I was socially awkward. And, you know, we all have that grass is greener on the other side, other side of the fence. But, you know, they, a lot of them really were having just a much better time with their lives. And I didn't know what was missing. Um, so I actually decided to drop out because I wanted to make a go as some kind of an entrepreneur and mm-hmm. I didn't think I needed a college degree. So I wasn't going to pay to be miserable. Right. Um, yeah. So I left after three semesters. I, I didn't tell anyone I left. I don't think anyone wow. knew I was gone. Yeah. Wow. You just literally took off. So oh, where, I took off. where did you actually go to school at? Uh, UMass Amherst, uh, okay. Massachusetts. Yeah. Okay. Which is a giant, it's like 18,000. Uh, people live on the campus. It's a oh, wow. huge school, so you can get lost in it. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, I guess no one no one noticed because it's so big. I guess I don't know. if it can be part of it. I'm not sure. I think so, except yeah. for my roommate because he probably walked in after like the break between semesters and saw <laughs> half the dorm was empty. Hmm. So, yeah, that might so that, that might be a he knew. Yeah, yeah he, he knew. He was the one that knew. <laughs> so there you go. This is the one person. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I dropped out and I moved to, um, I moved to Boulder, Colorado. So I, I put a thousand miles between myself and wow. where I grew up. That's a big uh, move. It was a big move. And, um, I'm glad I did it. Um, actually brief sidetrack. The reason I moved to Colorado is because of the movie dumb and dumber. Cause you know, I don't know if you ever saw that, but like, oh, Harry yeah. And Lloyd. yeah, they yeah, went to so Colorado. <laughs> Like literally when I saw it, I'm just like, I want to do that too. And I, I fulfilled that awesome road trip. And yeah, they just like, they took off. I can't, did they start from Massachusetts also? Or was it Connecticut or something like that? I thought they were actually on the East coast also. And they, they they were, (laughs) I might have to go watch that movie again. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, what was it? Where's Providence? They're from Providence, I think. So it's like Rhode Rhode Island. Island. Yeah. Rhode Island. Island. So yeah. Same general area. Close enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did that. So I, I, so anyway, so yeah, but 
I was I was in Boulder and I I, I started a business with my brother selling um in fact uh yoga. Now mm. I don't know anything about I'm not an expert like you, but he, my older brother, is really into yoga. Oh, cool. So he filmed the DVDs. This is back at DVDs, by the way. This is yeah, back yeah. in the day. <laughs> so and I handled the business. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know, I and I funded it with my own credit cards. And I grew deeper and deeper into debt. I mean, we we had some hit or miss success, but I didn't know anything about managing money. Um, and this whole time, I'm like super into self-help um, and into goal setting, visualization and all that. But I was going deeper into debt and I was still that same lonely, like depressed guy. Um, and it got to the point where I was maxing out credit cards. Um, you know, the bill would arrive in the mail and I'd like, drop it on the floor and cover it up with another piece of mail to just kind of put it out of mind. Yeah. And I still had the same, just looping negative thoughts. Um, and I got more and more depressed um, and more and more scared. And I'd be, I, at my worst point, I think I was on, in the fetal position on, on the oh. floor of my condo, just silently crying to myself because I just hated myself. Yeah. Um, and I got so bitter and frustrated about all the self-help I was doing because it wasn't working. Yeah. Um, so, and at my worst, I started actually started drinking alcohol every morning. And, um, I remember that around that time, after months of drinking every morning, it was like vodka and an energy drink mixed together. That was my breakfast. Um, I had, uh, someone I was learning business and marketing from, and he was also into meditation and from the Taoist tradition. And he started teaching it. And something about it caught my eye because it's just like, wait, this whole time I've been trying to like work with my mind and change my thoughts and every everything about my thoughts, my mindset, and it hadn't worked. But we started doing this body, more body based stuff, mm-hmm. especially with meditation. I started feeling better, and I, I it actually it was amazing because one day I was feeling so good from meditating that um, I was still drinking at the time. But one day I felt good enough for meditating that the alcohol didn't actually make me feel as good anymore when I drank it in the morning. So I stopped. Um, not that I banned it from my life, but I just right. like, I didn't want to have it as my breakfast. Um, and I kept going with this like med- med- meditation practice. Yeah. And other people started like um, that I knew, like a friend of mine would run into me after a few weeks and be like, wow, there's something different about you. Um, he saw me differently. And I realized this isn't just in my head. Something's really going on here. And then uh, actually a couple of months later, I, I remember meditating one night in my condo. It was like springtime. It was around midnight, very peaceful night outside. And I started doing this meditation and I started feeling like my body was glowing like the sun. Wow. Yeah. And then I, 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 I sat down on my futon afterwards and I thought to myself, Nothing else in my life is has worked out. It, nothing else in my life was really worth worth it, but mm-hmm. this has been. So I, I, that was about twelve years ago, and I dedicated my life to learning more about it. And and now now my mission is to tell other people about it, you know, and and help yeah. help them benefit from it. That's awesome. That's an amazing journey. Um, oh, so you know, often I I hear this from students a lot, or even not even people that are students. You know, when they think of meditation, they are often just kind of automatically kind of go to like I can't focus enough. I can't. That means I must mean I can't meditate. 
So when you were kind of going through that process, did you ever have a point that you felt like there was this resistance that was, that you came up against um, when you started actually meditating or at any point? Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I've, I've been there too. You, you, you sit down and you're like, okay, I'm going to meditate. And then the thought pops up. I was like, okay, a thought. And then another one. And then all of a sudden you're like writing down, I got to reply to this email. And it's just like, yeah. a, and then you, then you feel bad. Yeah. It's like, oh, I just wasted this time. So um, I found what, but what I found the answer was, is that I didn't treat my meditation time as meditation time. Here, here, I'll explain. And I still don't to this day. Here's what I mean by that. So when I, when I do my meditation practice, Mm -hmm. I will have, I will give my mind a focus. Like I will focus on breathing deeply into my belly and I will focus on relaxing my muscles. Um, and I'll scan my body like mentally for where there's tension and I'll focus on just like feeling that tension relax away. So here's the cool part about that though, by doing that, I'm like slipping into a meditative state without sitting there trying. Right. And so instead of, instead of hitting that resistance, um, I'm actually, it's almost like I'm sneaking around it. Because I'm giving my my mind, it's almost like giving a dog a bone to chew on. It's like I'm giving my mind that task, but the task is the very thing that's going to help it quiet down. Mm. So, and 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 I, I that this isn't original with me. It's just like yeah, the Taoist way of meditating, and a lot of other mystical traditions too, is to actually treat it as an exercise where you're you're working with your breath and your structure to shift the energy of your body, yeah. and that's how you slip into that meditative state. Yeah. Super cool. That does sound really super cool. <laughs> so I hope you guys got that now. So you, there's no excuse why you can't meditate. Um, <laughs> so how do you, okay. So you kind of, you, you did a lot of study and a lot of uh, work with the Taoist principles. So how do you use that in your day to day? You know, that's, that's a great question. And that's what I love about Taoism is that um, th- there's, there's like a lot of rich history of how it started in China. It's like they, you know, lived in monasteries and would meditate and like write these spiritual texts and all that. Um, but the Taoists were really big on taking your practice. What they would call it is take your practice to the marketplace. And I'm using air quotes here. So the market, <laughs> yeah. And, and, the, and for them, the marketplace meant the town like being surrounded by people mm-hmm. so for them it's like look it's one thing to be able to meditate when you're on your cushion in a, in a quiet spot which is great it's another thing to be able to take that state and be a be a really benevolent force uh, of good in the world when you're dealing with other people mm-hmm. so the so the way the Dallas would do that is when you go through your day-to-day life first before what I do is before I leave the house or before I hop on a call with someone, I always do a brief round of like deep breathing and meditation. So it's almost like brushing my teeth before I head out the door. So that way I'm bringing my best energy to the interaction. So that's like, that's like step one. The Taoists always make sure it's like, take care of your inner life first. Mm -hmm. And then you'll have that kind of extra energy to be able to work with other people. Um, And from there, it's, it's not about, how do I put this? When, when you counter challenges in your day, mm-hmm. and we all do, it's, it's always seeing how it is a lesson for your growth and also how you're helping someone else with their growth. Mm-hmm. 
just by interacting with them. So if someone's having a bad day, I always try and remind myself that's like, if someone lashes out at me, they're in pain and I don't take it personally, or I try not to, I'm not perfect, but I try not to. Yeah. And at the same time, that doesn't mean being a doormat for someone, you know, you, 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 you can have boundaries, but it, it means not just reminding yourself that if someone lashes out, it's about them, not about me. And if, if I run into a situation where I slip up, I always remember that we're, we're, we enter this kind of, kind of time and space worlds to learn from our mistakes. And that um, if, if we were already perfect, we'd be done with this lifetime. Yeah. We'd, we'd be out of it. <laughs> You know, it's like my, my teachers love to joke. It's like, if you, if you think you're kind of done and, and you've reached a place where you don't have to learn and grow anymore, find the nearest pool and try and walk on some water and see how that goes. So <laughs> I like that. It's, it's kind of, yeah, fun. I always, I always, love, I always love like reminding myself of that, but the, you know, the, there's two sides to that one is the side where it's like, Hey, Hey, remind yourself, you still got work to do. But the other side of that is like, you, that means you don't have to blame yourself if you mess up. Right. So the Taoist, uh, the the essence of Taoism is about like seeking harmony through balance, mm -hmm. and the harmony also includes the harmony of your relationship with yourself, which means the balance of learning and and growing and not um, and not flogging yourself for for going through that learning process is so so essential, so essential. Yeah. All right. Well, I have one final question, which always seems to be the most interesting. I think, at least for me, it is because I think everyone has so many different approaches um, to how they handle it. Um, so what do you feel is the most valuable lesson that you learned in 2020? Oh, that's that's a really great lesson or not a really great question. I yeah. hope it becomes a really great lesson. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'll, I'll tell you something interesting. Um, early on in 2020, um, we, my wife and I moved into a, a house and we had a little bit of construction done on it, which was an odd experience moving during the first part of the lockdown across the mm -hmm. U.S. Mm -hmm. And it, that was just when we were moving. I mean, we had no idea all this stuff would happen. We mm -hmm. had to get out of our old apartment. So I, I remember like renting a U-Haul and there's like hardly anyone on the road. And I'm, you know, moving all the boxes myself and, and doing a lot of this. And we had a contractor who was working with us and he had to show up a couple of times to, um, to make sure the, that the house was kind of like the, uh, that house was being built the way it needed to be built. Mm -hmm. We didn't know at the time, but he actually, um, had, uh, caught like the COVID virus. Oh, and he, I mean, he, and he didn't know either. I mean, this is, this is early 2020, we right. didn't know hardly anything. And my, and through whatever our interactions, my wife got sick oh. um, and she went to, and we, and again, we just didn't know what was going on. So she spent a lot of time in bed. She, she had, um, she had more trouble breathing and it got really yeah. scary. So the biggest lessons that I learned was number one, you can't take anything for granted. Um, because when it's one thing to watch like an event on the news mm -hmm. and it's another thing to actually have that impact your real life. Um, and for me, the, the lesson was also that I needed to not only be, um, a strong 
presence, but I also had to be uh, a really a much more heartfelt caretaker. And I had to learn what that what that was like and how to be that person who's there for my wife. It's one thing to say in your vow in sickness and in health. It's another thing right. to actually live through it. Right. Um, so that, that was the biggest, that was probably the biggest lesson for me. And I mean, it, it was painful, but my wife came out, um, came out the other end of it and came Good. out actually help. And, and, and with a newfound respect and appreciation for health. So now we're yeah. even more focused on that. Awesome. Well, thank you. I really appreciate your time and your energy today that we've taken to have this conversation, a really important conversation about meditation, because right now we're kind of coming back around to kind of craziness. And I feel like this is the kind of practice that we need to have um, offered to everyone. Um, So it's it's very important. So again, thanks so much, Nate, and uh, have a great rest of your day. Well, thank you. You too, Laura. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. All right. Take care. hope you enjoyed this conversation with Nate. So as always, don't forget to share, review, and subscribe. Be well, my friends.